When she comes, do you think they cross more or actually straighten out? My boss or the cat? It's January 18, 2023, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 131. And just a handful, good job, I'm Abel Kirby. And rolling critical fails, I'm Cold Acid. That's how we do it, we critically fail every time. Man, I critically fail every day. I wake up, roll the dice, all ones. Yeah, you think that's bad? I roll the dice, all zeros. <laughs> you know, I'm so unlucky when I roll the dice, they all roll down a storm drain. Oh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Even if I'm inside, that's how bad they are. It's like that It's like that meatball on top of the spaghetti. It just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> All you need, one person to sneeze, and there goes that fucking meatball. Yep, yep. Well, it's, uh, 117 came and passed, but I wanted to do, I had some Halo stuff on the mind. Uh, I just wanted to bring up an old controversy. It was really like an old joke, but, uh... The, uh, have you heard about the Master Chief uh, built-in masturbation machine? The Master Chief masturbation machine? No. Yes. No, this was a, a, a joke that was going on for a long time where they had a, um, like, his cod piece was supposed to be, like, working him all the time. And on... I thought Cortana was working him all the time. Well, yeah, but sometimes she's not in the suit and he has to do it himself. The, ah, I see. This just crossed my mind while I, I noticed, oh, it's 117. Oh, it's Halo Day. And the only thing I could think about was this stupid fake fact um, about Halo. And I don't know. I got a... Uh, it just tickled me the right way. It's, it's just the, the right can, kind I of ludicrous tell. thing. I can tell. Like, wait, wait, I just hope it wasn't tickling you the <laughs> wrong was, way, too. It was just such a perfect, stupid prank to, to put out there. You know, it it's just plausible enough. But anyway... What do you got there? It's carbonated mm -hmm. and it's mango flavored. Haritos. Uh, that goes well with our hola talk, which is <laughs> how you say halo in Spanish. <laughs> what did you open? I opened a uh, Villoe. Villoe. And it is a uh, kind of juicy coconut thing full of coconut pulp lewd yeah it's got a lot of chewy stuff inside it super lewd mm. like I'm, I'm not trying to eat on the show but when i drink this i can't help it it just puts these chunks in your mouth and you gotta chew on them oh, i mean i have to God, move away from like fucking blow job blow job drink <laughs> yeah uh i don't know it's, it's too sweet for that i think uh, everyone's asking for stomps, man. There's no stomps. It's too early in the show. It's too early for stomps. Uh, Jeez. Well, Cold, how you been doing? How's it going? Uh, could be better. Could be better. Oh, come on, give me the uh, update. This, I wanna know. Week, this week has been this week has been pretty shitty for me uh, professionally. So, uh oh, I've just been you know just dealing with uh, dealing with this shit, coming home, cuddling the cat, and playing Oblivion. Hmm. Well, you know. It's a living. Yeah, yeah. I've been talking. Yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes, man, I wish that none of this modern web and mobile shit existed and we were still using, like, 16 and 8-bit computers. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, I was talking about cats with Mark Christopher today. I saw him, and uh, he was talking about babysitting, or he's cat-sitting. Like, 16 cats. That's a lot of cats. That guy, uh, I don't understand why you would say yes to this, but he's been doing it, and I, I just wanted to let you know, 16 cats. That's a lot for an apartment, don't you think? Uh, that's a lot for even, like, a big house. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking maybe what he should do is open the door and let a few out, you know, and just help the guy. It, it, it's a favor. Yeah, it, that's what I think. I mean, I mean, I hear 16 cats in an apartment. I don't think, like, some dude. I think, like, the crazy cat lady. <laughs> right? Jeez. Well, I've, I've only ever been around one or two, like, crazy cat lady types, and I was never sure how many cats that she actually had, but um, I don't... <laughs> The story's going to make me sound like an asshole if I tell it, so I don't know. Maybe I should. Um, she had a – she was really cross-eyed, it, it, and it was a lady that I worked for, like, really early in my career. I worked in a stock room at a company, and I was doing counts on, um, like, waffle container <laughs> – when I say waffle – they're, they're um, like, waffle cases with tiny little things inside it, like icy chips and things. Um, yeah. Mim not mimics, um, MEMS devices. And so you'd open it up and you'd check that they're there and, you know, it's part of the inventory system. Anyway, um, it's all under a microscope. They're not actually waffles. It's electronic stuff. And the, um, anyway, she was really cross-eyed and she had too many cats and she was always talking about her cats and I knew she had a shitload, but I could never pin down how many, uh, there were. But anyway, the thing that I found the most interesting about her is that she had these pictures, like frame pictures of her cats on her desk. And the cats that she had framed pictures of, they were all cross-eyed. Wow, so it, it ran in the family. It was it was a cross-eyed lady with a bunch of cross-eyed cats. That's, How, <laughs> that's crazy. Isn't that just weird? I don't know. I I thought it was I thought it was funny, man, but yeah, ran in the family. Jeez. <laughs> but I don't know. Have you uh, have you ever seen a cross-eyed cat before called um, not that I can remember. I've seen cross-eyed people, that's for sure. I've seen a one-eyed cat. I don't know. Well, was we had... wearing a patch over the other eye? <laughs> no. It was just a cat without an eye. Ah. Yeah. It was some wild, uh, scraggly-looking thing running through the woods. Serpent asks, how about cross-eyed cat girls? <laughs> cross-eyed cat girls. I think those are more common. And you can find them with Probably. knock knees, too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we had a couple, a couple. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I just looked in the chat again and see Brooklyn one twelve. When she comes, do you think they cross more or actually straighten out? My boss or the cat? I'm not sure, and I don't think either <laughs> of us want to be sure. Oh dear. Well, we, there's a couple of people who are sending boostergrams into the show. Maybe this is a good segue off from this topic. So how we... Yes, please. We came into the show swinging. It was like, hey, do you think Master Chief's jerking off all the time? Hey, what about having sex with these cats? Jeez. <laughs> rare encounter all the way. This is what we do on the show, I guess. This okay. Is, this is so us. <laughs> we, we had... Um, 3,333 sats from Boobery just at the very end of last show, uh, just, just under the, uh, cutoff says maybe is just a baby needing nurturing into a yes. And, uh, that was from Boobery. So thank you, Boobery. One more right before the show. And I think this is our executive producer, unless you have a, uh, some news for me about PayPal. 
No, I do Nothing not. came in. All right. I'm going to announce our executive producer for today. It is 33,333 sats from Lavish. Could be Lavash saying, stay frosty, lads. Well, thank you, Lavish. We'll stay frosty. Thanks, tonight. Lavish. <laughs> for January, it hasn't been too frosty here, uh, fortunately, or unfortunately. It I was, don't know. We had, uh, we had freezing rain yesterday morning turning into regular rain by the afternoon. The snow that had been on my driveway since last week is all gone. Oh, nice! It's it's like it's like five degrees out there now. Mm. Celsius, that is. Well, we want to thank Lavish again for being our executive producer and sending a boostagram. If you want to, you can go to rareencounter.net where you can listen to the show live. We record every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, rareencounter.net. We are also syndicated on the No Agenda stream at the same time. Uh, you can find information about joining our chat room and getting uh, messages to us through Boostagrams there. Uh, if you use a new podcast app, you can get one at nudepodcastapps.com. Uh, many of them have a Boostagram feature built right into the podcast player, and you can send us a message. Nudepodcastapps.com. <laughs> All right, there's my yep. plug. Good plug. Yeah. Well, we got a couple things to talk about. Um, let me oh, tell yeah. you. Let me tell you what's in my rundown. Um, Get some stuff. I want to talk about my junk mail and some uh, sports betting follow up. Um, I've got some updates of new laws in Ohio and different po- different changes for some uh, little Ohio civics news. Um, I've got a statue unveiled in Boston, and I've got some podcast updates. So that's all I got. Me, I've got a controversy in the D and D world. Okay, I've got some video game technology, and I've got old RPGs. Okay. Well, I think I should start with a funny one, just for uh, just to get out of the way. The statue. The statue. You got it. This has been in the news, circulating. Uh, have you heard of the Martin Luther King penis? Not until I saw your notes. <laughs> this was the embrace. Is the name of this statue, which was uh, unveiled on. Uh, the 16th, which was Monday, in Boston Commons in Boston, and this is artist Hank Willis Thomas, um, who was paid $10 million, uh, which I presume goes to materials and, and the actual manufacture of this, to create a Martin Luther King Jr. Day uh, statue, or it's to celebrate the, the life and love of Martin Luther King Jr. And so anyway, this has been going on for a while, and they finally unveiled it on Monday, and lo and behold, it looks like two hands holding a giant ding-dong. It, I can think of worse things it could look like, too. <laughs> so it's like... It could, also be, it could also be giant hands holding a massive poop. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, these are disembodied hands, we should point out. So it's like, it's a hand, and then... Uh, a shoulder, and then that shoulder is connected no, not, to the opposite shoulder. Is it even a shoulder? It's like forearms. It's like forearms. No, the forearms. You know, the part from like the elbow to the tips of the <laughs> I, finger. I know, but the statue is also forearms. Oh God! <laughs> if you think about it, wait. So, so what you're saying? What you're saying is, it's not just from this one angle that it looks like this terrible thing. No, it's uh every angle that you look at it, it just gets worse. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's kind of like a gondola, you know, like uh, the gondola memes from 4chan. You got gondola, you know, watching stuff. Yeah. It's like an armdola. It's like a gondola <laughs> arms. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. 
Four, uh, four arms and giant Mr. Hank. So I was listening to Megyn Kelly, of course. I wanted to get the real take on it. And she's the one who always has the best takes on these things. As you know, I do listen to Megyn Kelly. Uh, and I, I thought you might enjoy some of her Somebody takes. Somebody has to. Well, you want to hear? Sure. Here's what she has to say. What it looks like, I'm just going to say it, is a giant penis. That's right, folks. It's Megyn Kelly talking about the giant penis. I'm sorry, but that looks like a giant penis right there. Just a handful. Nicely mm-hmm. done. <laughs> So I just got all these clips of Megyn Kelly. Just, a, just about a handful of penis. Just a handful of penis. You see it as well as I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do, Megan. Now Boston yeah. has a big bronze penis statue that's supposed to represent black love. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. And I got one more, which you see, is this is this is why this is why abstract art is bad. Yeah. Because you think you've got something, and then at the end a pair of hands hugging a beefy penis. <laughs> that's all everyone sees. Yeah. Oh boy, Megyn Kelly really likes to talk about penis. Did I did I mention that she had a whole segment once upon a time on? I think it was the phrase "balls to the wall." You know I, the phrase "balls to the wall," and she's talking. Yeah, about, of course, I know the phrase. But she didn't have the airman's uh, interpretation where you're talking about th- pushing the throttle all the way forward. She was like, "Yeah, you get your balls all the way up to the wall, like your testicle." And she's going on and on for like half an hour talking about balls interacting with walls. It was pretty good. Maybe. She might be one. Of, she might be one of the most perverted people than in like news. There are some great clips. She had a um, an interview with the this lady. Wow, geez, now I can't remember her name. Um, the uh, one of these comedians. I think she's married to the guy from Your Mom's House, and uh, they just had Christina P. I think was what it was. They had a uh, an interview, and they're just talking about all these crude like things. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, so she does good material. Unfortunately, these days, um, I, this was a little refreshing, her talking about the big, big beefy penis. Just a handful. Nicely done. Yeah. She was usually talking about Megan. Uh, Megan Kelly's usually just talking about the Prince Andrew bullshit or uh, what is it? Um, the Megan and the Harry and all this stuff. Oh, the, yeah, the royal the, bullshit. Fucking, yeah. Ugh. So anyway, uh, she actually found a way to tie her two loves together and i just wanted to play a clip for she, you she tied her she tied her love for bronze peni to prince harry yeah okay and well i'm gonna say she she drew she, she tied her love for phallic symbols and the royal family together in this one clip listen to this here in this excerpt from prince harry's book spare my penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatized. The last place I wanted to be was Frost Nipperstown. I've been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. She'd urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden cream. My mum used that on her lips. And then me to put that on my todger. It works, Harry. Trust me. I found the tube, and the minute I opened it, the smell transported me through time. I felt as if my mother was right there in the room. And I took a smidge and applied it down there. Just a handful. Nicely done. Yes! <laughs> his mother! All he can think of it oh is his mother. Oh, my God! <laughs> so, there you go. You see it as well as I. Thank you, Megan. Yeah, thanks, Megan. <laughs> the, the, the gift that keeps on giving. Woo! <laughs> That's true. Mm. All right. So that was my bullshit. I've got all of my other stuff is like ranting about sports betting and text messages and uh, laws introduced in Ohio. It's very dry. So I'm glad we can kick off with that. Uh, why don't you take it, Cole? Give me something. All right. Um, 
So you you know the Jack and Daxter games, right? Wow, Jack and Daxter, yeah. They have better commercials yeah. than games sometimes. Yes, but the technology under the under the initial games, the ones by Naughty Dog, was pretty neat. What Naughty Dog did was they actually took a they actually took Allegro Common Lisp and cre- and created essentially a set of libraries and compiler to turn to turn Lisp code into PlayStation games. Okay. Right. And this this died this died because they got bought by EA and EA said, "Hey, none of our none of our other none of our other studios can make heads or tails of it." And the person the person who actually developed it is no longer with you, so you're not allowed to use it anymore. Hmm. But some some people are like, "No, this is too cool an idea to to let go." And so they started actually reverse engineering the Jack and Daxter games to rebuild uh, what was called Goal or like game oriented something Lisp. Okay. Uh, and so they, there's now this open goal project and it's just really cool idea that, yeah, you can, they are, you could make games for something like the original PlayStation using Lisp. And now they're like, Trying to rebuild uh, Goal uh, to run directly on like modern Intel-based systems, right? Mm. So down the road, you could take Jack and Daxter and have like from the same code, like native uh, Windows version of the of the older games, or you could use it to make your own games. Okay. Yeah, so that that I found pretty I found pretty neat. Mm. Being being the being the nerd I am. So the other thing when it comes to when it comes to old games is I came back across something from back in my quick basic days. There used to be a site called QBRPGs.com, and while that site doesn't exist, somebody did make an did make a uh, archive of it on their own site. Is it about dating Tom Brady? No, it's not about dating <laughs> okay. Tom Brady. I, okay, just check it. It's it's about like all the different role playing games that were developed by the quick basic s- development scene around the turn of the century. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. um. So I, I just wanted to comment on your uh, previous story for a second. I I think that's really cool. Just having a tool that lets you. As long as it's easy enough, I'm I'm in favor of any kind of tool chain that simplifies making a game or getting something to run on hardware. And if it's easier to write something in Lisp and then turn it into a PlayStation game, um, that is sounds awesome, actually. It, the, yeah, it's, it definitely does. What's usually missing from these platforms is a succinct way to get some some code. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is boilerplate, and you're not really doing... Um, you're not really doing optimized development when you're just prototyping things, but being able to just run, get something coded up and running on hardware as fast as possible is so important to being able to develop for it. You know, if people can't do that, then they're, they often can't get past the first, uh, hurdle. So I like the, let's see, it's PSP homebrew too, according to Cotton Gin. Interesting. According to Cotton Gin. Yeah. But this is game oriented assembly list, but I've, Found the I found the Wikipedia article which has the full name of it, and it's a successor to 
game-oriented object lisp, which was created by the same guy when Naughty Dog was doing the uh, Crash Bandicoot games. Mm. Yeah, the only Jack game I've played was actually Jack 3. Ugh. Yeah, I, I think... I think they had to go back to like regular C plus plus sort of shit for for that. Mm. Yeah. yeah apparently, apparently, platforms were PlayStation Two, PlayStation Portable, PlayStation Three. Hmm. PlayStation Three. Yeah. Hung on that long, huh? Oh, because apparently they used they used it embedded to do scripting for The Last of Us and a few other titles. Oh, I see. So not so not like they're building the entire game using goal, but they're using like part of goal for a scripting engine. Hmm. Yeah, five hundred ninety nine U.S. dollar. PS three with Ridge Racer. Ridge, Ridge Racer. Racer. <laughs> there you got it out of them. There we go. Yes, five hundred ninety nine U.S. dollar. Open goal. I like that. It's a snazzy yeah. website, too. You need a snazzy website if you want to get people's attention. So anyway, going back to QBRPGs. Yes, please. So I actually knew I actually knew one of the more well-known people in the, in the uh, community for making these role-playing games. Okay. A guy who went by the name of Dark Dread. And I actually got to hang out a couple times with him because he lived in Oshawa at the time and... I mean, like, He's where where he at least lived back when, back when I met him those and hung out those few times, is like a short bike ride. Like I could I could ride from here to there in under ten minutes. Ah, bike into the schwa. Current house. Bike into the schwa. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> not that not that I'd want to. I mean, like, staying out of the dirty schwa is the best. Dirty. But schwa. anyway, he created this game called Mysterious Song, that. Later on, a, another group of developers took and ported to the to the uh, Turbo Graphics. Okay. Yeah, and he made a bunch of other he made a bunch of other like neat uh, neat RPGs back then. But yeah, Mysterious Song was this was this like uh, NES Final Fantasy style looking game. Okay. But he made other ones that were like blobbers and stuff. And it's it's really neat what uh, what you could actually pull off uh, back in those days. Quick Basic hadn't been hadn't been like updated in over a decade. I think at that point there is uh, like Visual Basic was even considered like passe for the most part, right? Especially with .NET being the new thing that was about to come out. You know, in the past couple of years, I have developed in Visual Basic, though, so it's very, uh, it's very much alive in, in, in VB6 very... or VBNet. It was actually a ripoff of VB by a another vendor, <laughs> where it was a ah. a custom customized version of VB that only worked with their stuff, <laughs> and so it was still. I still think it's VB. You know, I call it VB. You edit yeah. it in the in the same sort of way, but. Um, yeah, quick basic. I, I could be into this. And so do you think it would be possible to make a new QB RPG where uh, maybe like uh, like one of these raising project sort of games, you know, and make maybe we can find a date for Tom Brady? I suppose it would be possible, but these days most people wouldn't be doing that. Oh, but, you know, that would be a fun I thing to do. Now, I will mention that I did make a few games with quick basic 
back in those times. Okay. They weren't RPGs. Uh, one of them is actually up on itch, and it was an attempt at doing like a Sim City in space. Space City. So you yes. So you'd be developing you'd be developing like this moon colony or something. So you'd be like building your farm domes, nuclear plants, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And well, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put it I'll just put it up. It it sucked. It did not it did not achieve any of what I really wanted to do with it. Yeah. But wow. it's out there. It's out there for people who want to find it and and see just how bad I was at game dev back around <laughs> 1998 to 2001. Huh. Let's see. I'm uh, trying to find out if downloads. Okay. I'm trying to launch it right now. Colony.zip. Is that what it is? Extract. Yeah. Do you have a DOSBox uh, set up? Uh, You'll need I it. I think I ha- might have it on another computer. Yeah, it's not going to run, is it? No. Yeah, it's not going to run. <clears throat> yeah, because it's because it's DOS. Yep. Oh, well, I tried. <laughs> I do see the page, though. I see the screenshot. Yeah. Ah, it looks cool. I like this. Uh, Very cool. I'm republishing it here as a warning to myself. Wow, cold. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Where'd you see that? I didn't put that in there, did I? I don't know. It says Colony by Cold Acid. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yes, I I am republishing it here as a warning to myself (laughs) and as a curio for anyone interested in the Halkion days of the quick basic development scene around the turn of the century. Mm. Now, if only you could get quick basic to turn into a PlayStation game. You probably could. (laughs) With enough effort. Back in those days, I also went by a different nickname on the Internet. Ah, Back then, I was known as Evil Beaver. <laughs> what? You were the Evil Beaver? I was the Evil Beaver. And did everyone say, ah, leave it to Beaver? Leave it to Evil no. Beaver? No. They say, watch out for that Evil Beaver. Did they look at you and say, our country is being destroyed? No, they did not. <sighs> you weren't evil enough. I was not evil enough. No. Now, in those days as well, I had a, I had a system written in Perl for updating news on a website. Okay. As well. Like a CM- So I had this thing called up to date and it would it would like take your news posts and it would generate the pages for you. Okay. I also had a I also had a scripting system for Merck called Blackscript. Okay. That had various different features. I wonder if yeah, there, it was, we could have an up to date where it could be like a website where uh, you could sign up if you're up to date Tom Brady. No. No. Okay. No. All right. You know, he's a single guy. He needs some help. We could be his wingman. Man, I need a wingman. He doesn't need a wingman. Well, hey, you could wingman each other. You could be hanging out with Tom Brady. He's going to have to leave the country. You know that, right? He lost to the Cowboys. Uh, well. He'll probably move to Canada pretty fast. I'm just saying. He could get a job with the with the CFL. <laughs> the CFL. Hmm. Now that's a prediction. You know, there's a prediction that's been going around lately that I, I highly subscribe to, which is that uh, Tom Brady is going to hook up with Miley Cyrus. Huh. And I've I've tooted this. To, I put this out in the ether, and I just wanted to point out that there is some evidence of the universe bringing these two people together because on the front page of the Drudge Report the other day, I was. Uh, 
uh, informed of this by someone else, but they had a picture of Tom Brady and a picture of Miley Cyrus immediately next to each other. Huh. So it's, you know, it's like if you show up right next to each other on the front page of uh, America's editorial as- assignment editor, <laughs> um, then, uh, then uh, I don't know, maybe there's something in- happening. Maybe it's Could the universe's be. way of telling you it's meant to be. Anyway, well, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm not concerned about that. I'm just wow, looking at uh, looking at the sort of websites I built by hand back in 1999. Hmm. <laughs> Future CFL legend Tom Brady says Serpent. I like it. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> I'm, I'm being very distracting. I realize, but I'm also trying to get some stops in. So it's just. Hey, I think it's good. <clears throat> I think it's good. All right. Um, I've got uh, some stuff for you. Want to keep going? Uh, no, you take you take the next thing, and then after that, I will cover this D and D story. Okay, I'm gonna do my civics bit here. Uh, I received some junk mail right here. I have Yay, it in front of me. Junk mail. You know what this junk mail is for? What's it for? Encouraging gambling. It oh, is, wonderful. Yeah, it is a sports betting. They must have heard Rare Encounter when I was railing against sports betting. I'm not a fan of this thing. Now, I'm not against sports betting. I'm uh, I'm against these. Um, corporations which are running things that they call sports betting. It's not like you have a bookie at the local bar or something and you're making bets among friends and things like that. It's actually, they're they're trying to do this at a national level now. Every state that gets quote-unquote sports betting legalized, these people move in and they just try and sucker people into giving up their money. It's usually a losing game because when you're betting on sports, uh, what I've been told by the one bookie that I've met is he said it's usually easy to win because all you have to do is be in pro- um, impersonal and you just bet on the team that you think is going to win and uh, you don't root for anyone. And then all the people who are betting with them are all rooting for their favorite guys, right? And so they're all biased. And so as long as you just play it by the numbers, you usually come out ahead of everyone else. That's what he used to say. And he was a bookie in the 70s and the 80s in Denver. Um, interesting guy. I should I should get some stories from him on the show but anyway i think the same sort of thing uh is known to these like this is fan duel they know that they're just ripping people off and they're uh you know trying to cash in on some of that um people like their home team you know and they're trying to get people to root for your home team even if they're gonna lose i see it as a an exploitation of people um just trying to t- get their money out of them. I don't like the fact well, that it's... Well, uh, that's most business and advertising. This one's pretty bad, though, because you don't get anything in return. It's just like... Uh, and they just lie to people, too. And and anyway, uh, as I was receiving this uh, junk mail, um, I also came across a news story I wanted to mention about sports betting in Ohio. There's a couple that have been violating the law, and uh, I wanted to mention them here. According to the Ohio Casino Control Commission... Uh, some of these companies violated state law and administrative rules regarding advertising. These were Bet MGM, Caesars, and DraftKings. Um, yeah, well, I'm not surprised to hear Bet MGM in that mm. list. Yeah, uh, especially with their ads here in Ontario. Yeah, and the DraftKings ads are all over podcasting now. It's it's just so obnoxious. It's not even. Even the gambling stuff aside, it's just obnoxious to hear these same ads getting dynamically inserted into every single show. Um, just remember folks, if you hear ads dynamically inserted into our show, let us know so we can take some, uh, 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 pillow bags full of doorknobs 
and beat the fuck out of the people who are doing it. Exactly. So these companies or affiliate marketers violated state law and the commission's rules. They were required to have um, two things. One is a no-no. You can't promise free or risk-free things when you're talking about gambling. And they would do advertisements where they say, yeah, we're going to give you free bets, risk-free bets, and things like that, um, which they're not allowed to do if fans are or now they say fans, but what they really mean is uh, the 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 marks gamblers. I would say marks are required to spend any amount of their own money to access these quote unquote free funds, and that was the case. They were advertising something free, but you know you had to pay in some money to get the so called free thing. That's illegal, and it's not just illegal for a betting company to do that. It's I think it's illegal for anyone. A grocery store can't do that. Uh, the other one is they're supposed to have this negative negging marketing inside to point out that gambling. Gambling uh, uh, is uh, addictive, and you have to have a helpline number. Uh, and if you have a gambling problem, here's the state resource you can call, you poor, pathetic little thing. Yeah, we got that here, too. They've got to bake those into the commercials, and they're not doing it, uh, which is just another regulatory thing. So if the ads aren't bad enough already, they're about to have like that guy at the end who's talking really fast, telling, reading out 1-800 phone numbers for, like, if you can't make rent because you bet all your money and lost it, call this number. <laughs> oh, here, here, it's actually like the bad MGM ads as annoying as they are. It's the same, it's the same like announcer voice uh, doing, doing that bit. And it's not like sped up or anything. I think we might, we probably have on the books here that it has to be like at the same speed as the rest of the ad. Yeah. Maybe. It has to be audible if you're uh, hungover. <laughs> Anyway, uh, there's a $150,000 fine for each company. It doesn't say for each instant. Yeah, it's not that much. They're making bank, ripping people off. That's fucking peanuts. Yep. Anyway, uh, that got me down a little bit of a loophole for Ohio civics. There's a couple things going on in the state, including this uh, Governor Mike DeWine is signing bills into law. Including 23, uh, there was one veto he did, and I thought it would be interesting. I'm not going to read all 23 laws. There's a couple I just want to highlight. Heard, I heard, I heard one of these. Uh, now Ohio now has an official gravity racing program, thanks to one of the, one of these bills that was signed into law. Okay. The American Soapbox Derby is now Ohio's official gravity racing program, thanks to HB 423. <laughs> yes. Now that one didn't make that. Uh, my list, another easy one on there was they also had 462 was prohibited, quote unquote, swatting. So I, I thought that was already illegal, uh, but I guess. It's yeah, done. but I mean, never, never pass up an opportunity to make something illegal, illegal again when you're a politician, because that's how you confuse the idiots and win more votes. If I'm elected, I will make murder illegal. That's what I'm going to do. Yay! No, there's just a couple I wanted to mention. I think that these are uh, interesting, maybe to the Rare Encounter audience. I cut out a lot of the crust. Uh, so we've got SB 16. Increased, and by the way, these are laws that were just signed in Ohio. So the first one, SB 16. Increased penalties for assault or menacing when the victim is a first responder. Okay, that's good. You can't menace the uh, EMTs or the police. Uh, I wonder what other kinds of people are first responders, though. Hmm. SB 63 allowed county prohibition officer or probation offices to accept credit card payments. Hold Co- on. County Why are probation. probation offices taking payments for anything? I don't know. I've never been on probation. 
Uh, I presume you have. Like, to- I could understand. I could understand like, like a bail bail bond, like maybe there, but not county probation offices. I have this suspicion that there are a number of. Um, there's a number of things that you get stuck with. Let's see. I've spoken to a couple people in Colorado who who've had some experience with the system, as you say, and they'll do things like um, if you are on probation and you have a um, so you had a Dewey, uh, which is a DUI, and what they might make you do is put a breathalyzer in your car. Well, the state doesn't pay for that. You have to pay for it to be installed. Um, I don't know what that means with the probation office, why they would have to accept the payment, but I'm sure there's something like, oh, well, you know, you're not just going to have to do a uh, uh, a pee test or something or a drug test. You're also going to pay for the fee of uh, for, for the privilege of submitting your drug test or something. I'm sure there's some bullshit built into that where they need to get a check from you uh, for the uh, We're just punishing for the, you and making you pay for, for it. the for the doing the the service of administrating your case. I'm sure there's some bullshit going on. Um, yeah. Let's see. SB 164 altered animal cruelty laws and prohibited shelters from using gas chambers to put down pets. Interesting. And this were, what the fuck the they news were, they were they were they were gassing the animals. Mm hmm. Apparently. Well, now it's it's prohibited. Previously, it was not prohibited, and I've never heard of this before, but it Neither sort of... Neither have I. That, sounds, that just sounds cruel. It begs the question, was this going on and I never knew about it? Hmm. Maybe. Um, now we have SB 288. Instituted new texting while driving provisions, making it a primary offense. So now if, you, if you're texting while driving, um, which they have a lot of language in it to try and... Uh, to me, it almost seems like a low posted speed limit kind of thing where th- they make it so that the the idea is that, oh, if you had a phone that was a hands-free device or if it was laying on your car and you kind of looked over at it, then that's not a primary offense. But if you were touching it, that's also not a primary offense. But if you were supporting its weight and it's just this really ridiculous kind of weaseling in to, to try and narrow the scope of this law um, – I don't know. I I've I have a problem with texting in general with the SMS the way it's implemented. Um it's not secure sort of famously and you know, I think um I think there there's a lot of institutions that could have done something useful with SMS. They could have made it asynchronous a little bit better. They could uh, make it so that when you're driving, you know, it just doesn't ring, but I don't know. It's Concern, I don't I don't know it's really that uh, it was like it was built like literally filling holes right in the bandwidth yeah all those messages that they're charging you for are on they are space in packets that were already being sent anyway over the air and before they were just empty buffer space that could have held a text message and they just uh they charge you back in the day when you paid per text yeah so all that all that all that payment for text is just a fucking con job. So um, I'm not in favor of this law at all. I think it's just going to be used to pull over someone who uh, they feel like they want to pull over anyway. Uh, it's going to be at- treated like a low posted speed limit, and it's going to be treated as just uh, another easy way to pull over someone um, when they don't have to uh, 
when they don't have to, they don't want to have to fully justify this. Oh, I thought he was texting and driving. You know, Your Honor, I saw him texting and driving. And since everyone has a phone on them, you know, who's going to prove you weren't? It's going to be your word against them. And they can pull you over and claim that's the reason just because they want to, if they just want to harass you. I don't see a benefit to this. Um, it's it's just another way to, to bother people. I don't think, and, and for you... Well, that's, if how, you, that's how the cops earn their paychecks. If, if you think that time. it's going to affect um, people texting while driving, I want to point out that it's already illegal in a lot of places. Distracted driving is already illegal. You don't need another law for it. And it has, isn't stopping people from doing it. Um, there is a House bill, State House Bill 35, permitted Ohio mayors to solemnize marriages. You get married by the mayor. Better than married by the mob. <laughs> uh, we had House Bill 107. Revised Ohio's elevators laws and no explanation. I need to look into this. I want to know what changed with the elevator laws. I'm very concerned. Uh, maybe, maybe there's like a maximum uh, height now or something. I don't know. There's only one elevator law that varies state by state that I'm, I'm seriously concerned with. And uh, you may not know this, but keen observers in the U.S. who travel enough might, might, depending on what state you're in, you'll find out that some states require the certification for the elevator to be posted in the elevator, the, ins the inspection certificate. And so when you get in the elevator, before you go up or down, you can see posted right above the, uh, the, the button board. Mm-hmm. The inspector name, the inspection date, the it's signed that it passed inspection and when it's due. And so you can spot an out-of-compliance elevator. The public can. You can take the stairs if you want to. Some states don't require that, and they say um, they either have nothing. And some states will have a little placard that says, Elevator Inspection Certificate Available in Manager's Office. Yeah. So there's some bullshit. I think it should be posted in the elevator. You know, just like I a crane. So too. Like if you if you are on a uh, a work site and there's a crane that needs to be inspected, where's the certificate for it? It needs to be it needs to be posted on the crane. <laughs> that's my experience. Maybe that's just a Colorado thing, but uh, that's where I think it belongs. Um, two more. One seventy eight, known as McKenna's Law. This measure placed limits on water pressure at pools and other water parks. I want to know what happened to McKenna. I want to yeah. Water pressure in a pool? How fucking deep is the pool? Water pressure at pools and other water parks. I think they're talking about, like, um, you know, those jets that are blowing out of the pool. Oh, yeah, those. Okay. Or maybe yeah, water rides? Could be. Like, like uh, water rides where they have a water jet that kind of shoots you up the, the water slide? Have you ever seen one Kirk of those? Lane says in the chat, Mackina got blown away by a hard spray. By a hard spray! <laughs> Hard spray McKenna. That's she has a law <laughs> named after her. <laughs> Rest in peace, McKenna. Jeez. No, I, I wonder what happened. It's one of those that begs the question: What's going on? <laughs> Water sports is cotton gin. Yes. Uh, last one, and then I'll move on. This is my last thing: is uh, House Bill four hundred five clarified rules of county hospital boards and gave coroners access to law enforcement databases. Hmm. Really. Why do coroners need law enforcement databases? I thought they just examined dead people. Uh, back in the, back in the old days, back in uh, back in like medieval England, coroners did more than just inspect corpses. So, mm. so in in those days, like a coroner, like the title came from like crown officer, right? Oh, I 
I was going to say King Arthur didn't have any corners. You know why? Because the table was why? round. The table was oh! round. Ah! <laughs> Medieval times, indeed. Crown officer, huh? Is that what it's from? It sounds like a dentist uh, position. I am the crown officer. Well, like the the word itself, right? Okay. Is what I'm saying. Like, if uh, this wasn't being a shit on me, uh, there I'd be able to I'd be able to bring up like the details of the etymology of the word itself. Do you need a minute? But, I, uh, I can do a filler if you need a minute. Ah, here we go. The office of coroner originated in medieval England and has been adopted in many countries whose legal systems have at least some time been subject to English or United Kingdom law. In Middle English, the word coroner referred to an officer of the crown derived from the French corona and Latin corona, meaning crown. Hmm. Interesting. The office dates from approximately the 11th century, shortly after the Norman conquest. Ah, those Normans. Normans always getting into conquests. And so they were they were county officials whose primary duty was to protect the financial interest of the crown in criminal proceedings. So not ne- so not necessarily like somebody's been murdered, but anything where anything like any sort of lawsuit or criminal trial where the crown had some sort of financial interest, right? Like they would get fees or something out of out of the action, mm-hmm. right? Then the coroner would be involved to make sure that the king got his share. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, speaking of shares, there's some people who've been sharing some podcasts with us. Uh, we've had a couple going on this week uh, that I want to report on. I like to do this little right, rundown. Let's run down. All right, we had Hog Story. I had a new episode on Monday, but there's no episode out yet. It's not posted, but that will be oh. uh, three thirty-five when it comes out. I there's, it's not there yet. Uh, Behind the schemes has episode one thirty-five. Uh, that was on Monday. Remove the jaw for security. Was behind the schemes with Boobery and Lavash. Lavash, of course, is our executive producer for the day. So uh, we want to thank him again. Um, Grumpy Old Ben's had episode 209, Listener Count Zero. And that is with uh, Darren O'Neill and Ryan Bemrose. Of course, records before us on Wednesdays. I've not been able to listen to that live. I am. I back- wasn't able to catch it today myself. I am back to listening to Grumpy Old Ben's in the shower. So tomorrow morning, so you're scrubbing, scrubbing yourself to the sweet sounds of Darren and Ryan. Yeah, I get that Bemrose, and I got the soap. I got that soap on, and it hits just right. Bemrose for your butt rose. <laughs> and I get some Darren O'Neill. Darren O'Neill for my morning shower. Darren O'Neill all over your body. <laughs> you know what? Hey, cold acid. <laughs> Yeah. You you know what those herbal essences shampoo commercials really need? <laughs> <laughs> they just need to they hit Darren and Ryan. They need to have that, you know, the 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 dot matrix printer and the dial-up modem sound just yeah. superimposed on the the naked lady in the forest, right? That's what yeah. that's what sells damn shampoo. <laughs> damn right. Okay, uh, Bowl After Bowl had episode 218, uh, that's lo- that's recognized and banned with Lorian and Spencer. Uh, Spencer's sounding a little bit better, he's not quite there yet, he's, uh, 
He's had his voice uh, uh, damaged, deteriorating from a sickness, and it is uh, slowly uh, recovering. Come on, get healthy, dude. Yep. He's sounding better, though. He's sounding better. That's good. Um, as an aside, I also listened to some more of Guy Swan's uh, Bitcoin Audible podcast. He's had some good stuff on there lately, too. Um, I'm not going to reference it, but uh, people should check that out if they're interested in, in Bitcoin or the philosophy and, and improving their understanding of money from by listening to a different perspective. It's a great way uh, to uh, to beef up on some alternative theories from maybe what you heard in a high school economics sort of course. Uh, there's there's some good uh, good alternative takes on how these systems really work get presented in that show. It's a lot of fun to listen to. It's kind of intel- it's a little boring. It's a little uh, intellectual. But if you're in the mood for that, it is it, it's another thing that hits just right. Um, finally, Dad's Anime Podcast, episode 98, has a very long title. They like to list all their topics in the title, but here it is. Yeah, they're not really titles, Well, if you think about it. I'm going to point out that they're in the title tag of the RSS feed, so I'm going to call it a title. Best Anime right. of 2022, Part 1, Vidya and More Vidya, Other Podcast, Mario and Sonic Movies Talk, Andrew Dobson is a lol cow, Vanilla very Ware needs... True. <laughs> Vanillaware needs to port their games to Steam. That's the whole title. With some semicolons, so it is one sentence. That's how yes. I take it. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. And yes, Andrew Dobson is indeed a lol cow. Indeed. Oh, speaking of anime, uh, so Near Automata is actually using like the music from the games and the voice the, uh, the cast, I think, is actually same as from the video game as well. Cool. Yeah. At the very least, 2B and 9S sound a lot like what I remember from playing the game. How's uh, 2B look? Uh, a little a little different from, from the game because obviously she's actually drawn in this instead of being the video game model. Okay. With all those polygons. But what about the shader? Like, is there... Um... Does her butt get wet? I'm just gonna ask. I have not seen her wet her butt wet yet, <sighs> so I can't say it. Uh, the shading is at times fairly flat, and at other times, uh, not so much. Okay, so it's like definitely it's definitely like not uh, like either either it's not 3D animated uh, cells for her or. They're doing like some really interesting stuff so that she doesn't look rendered. Mm. Well, you know, I want to do the side by side. Maybe, maybe we can get a rubric going and we can do a scorecard because, uh, for example, Ghost in the Shell. You know, the major her butt gets wet in that movie. You know she what also I mean? loses her arms. Well, yeah, but her butt. We're not talking about her arms, Cole. We're talking about her butt. And I think we could have like a butt rubric and we could compare and contrast Tubi uh, and uh, the major. Now, I think Tubi is going to score high inside the uh, the bigness department, but I don't know about yes, the wetness she, so far. She, she has she has those Hartman hips. Mm. Well, we can save that. If you've got suggestions for the rubric, uh, what kind of category should be in there? Uh, send an email to Abel at rareencounter.net. So, like things like button butt size, dry or wet, right? These are dry or wet. these are some of the things that we're that we're looking at. It, it, we're, we're, it's not just dry or wet. We want to know about dynamic drying. 
right? Yes. I, I want to see how fast... Shininess. Shiny. How shiny is that hiney? How shiny is that hiney? Yes. There it is, folks. <laughs> oh, man. We've arrived, I think. Uh, we've got some, uh, some D&D stuff, have, don't I you? I still have this, like big deal with uh with D that we got to cover yeah let's, sure. let's we've got to move on from this so why don't you do that yeah we'll, we'll close All right, this out so have you heard have you heard about this you know about uh when when uh wizards of the coast put out third edition dungeons and dragons they did this thing where they separated the the actual like game mechanics from the from the content that makes it D, like the like the char- the like the characters that are used in examples, certain monsters that aren't uh, public domain, right? Yes, I have heard now of the, this. The, yeah, yes, and they they put this all under what was called the open gaming license. Now, for the for the mechanic stuff, that is not stuff that can be copyrighted or trademarked in the first place under under U.S. Uh, IP law. And in mo and in I believe pretty much anywhere else under the burn convention, right? But they're trying to say like, oh, we've got this license agreement, and if you follow this, then you can use this in your in your stuff so long as you have like a callback to us, and so you can produce your own D and D compatible content and publish it, and it'll all work well, and everybody will be happy. And so, yeah, for like 20 years, this is going just fine. All, all these third-party companies producing content that actually built up the, built up like the D&D ecosystem even more than wizards could do on their own. And now what they're trying to do is probably, and probably, probably like they're being told to do this from upstairs because Wizards of the Coast was bought by Hasbro shortly after they bought TSR. Yeah. But they're being told like, yeah, well, look at all this look at all this money you're leaving on the ta- leaving on the table because of this. We want you to change things around and make it that now whatever anybody else does that connects into the ecosystem, we can take it and publish it ourselves and make bank on it and leave them in the and leave them in the dirt. Yeah. And well, the community and the and the third parties are not having any of it. Mm. So there was a, there was this leak uh, from from uh, Wizards where there was there is like a leak of a new version of the open game license that supposedly would revoke the current version, which the way that it is, uh, you can't actually do, and uh, and like make it not if you if you make so much, you now have to pay royalties. Despite despite the fact that like if you're using just the mechanics, you're not using any of the like proprietary content, right? They can't do anything like that, right? It like they can try bringing suit, but you can just the pointing like. Yeah, under the law, this, this, and this say, like, they have no case. Throw the book at them instead of me, right? And the judge will go, yeah, well, Hasbro, you and your lawyers can go fuck yourselves up a tree. Yeah. Right? 
What was that? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Wow. I had my my mouth was funny. Okay, I was leaning. I was into okay, it. Okay, I was into it, and I was just reacting. So yeah. Okay? So what's happening now? What's happening now is like there's been a there's been like a campaign to essentially open source D and D. There is a huge there's a huge backlash from the community where. Where the D and D Beyond service that Wizards runs for doing like for running your campaigns online for like when people aren't able to all get in the same room, right? People have been canceling their subscriptions en masse to the point where Hasbro has been backpedaling, mm. and they they made several statements that did not go well with the community. Uh, one of one of these companies uh, in the in the ecosystem, Paizo, who was a former publisher of the D and D magazines Dungeon and Dragon, uh, they they are coming up with their own uh, replacement for the OGL. And so at this at this point, like everybody everybody who like plays D and D is looking at this and they're like, okay, yeah. They have shit the bed here. And right now, it looks like the community is winning because a lot of the stuff, like, Wizards has completely backpedaled on at this point. But they're still saying stuff that suggests that this may still only be a temporary step back and that they're still going to try and push this shit. One of the things, too, that, uh, that came out recently was... Another rumor: there was a there was a hoax uh, back in October that the uh, rates for D and D Beyond were going to jump, and now there there are some leaks that look to be very very similar. And with the timing of it, it seems like yeah, uh, Hasbro Wizards they're looking at increasing the cost of a D and D Beyond subscription fivefold. So where you're paying like six bucks for a month for everything that you can get under it right now, it's going to be $30 a month for like the most basic stuff. Jeez. Yeah. So right now, yeah, it's like, I mean, Hasbro has been well known as like one of them, like essentially, essentially the Disney and AT&T of the tabletop game industry mm. for decades now, right? And I mean, with this, like they're they're like really showing just why everybody keeps hating them. Yeah, I mean, back when they did Bop It, it was good. They had some. They had really? some. Well, Bop It, you know, you the bought be, one. The best, stu- the best stuff that Hasbro has done was actually done by companies that they uh, bought and absorbed. Well, that doesn't count. I'm talking about Hasbro stuff. Yeah, Hasbro. Like I said, they're the they're the Disney and the AT and T of tabletop, mm. with all the evil that that implies. What do you think about Mousetrap? Is that an evil evil thing? The games themselves. It doesn't matter if they're good or not. I mean, I mean, look at Beauty and the Beast or The Lion King. Those were great. Uh, those were great movies. Does not make Disney any less evil, does it? Mm. Okay. All right. I got it. Yeah, I, I've got a whole shit ton of links. They're going into the show notes. Uh, this has been covered by the EFF, even. Uh, very Like, comic book websites have been covering this as well. It's like, yeah, this is a huge 
bed shitting moment. And it, as far as I can see it, it's probably going to get it's probably going to get worse. But they're just going to get a little more clever about uh, about sticking their slimy dicks up every player's ass. Mm, yeah. Well, that one's not on the rubric, but uh, if we want to, we can add it someday. We could. I don't think there's any points for it. All right, have we arrived? I think we have. Well, we got some booster grams. Uh, last thing we do before we close the show is uh, read some booster grams from people who are boosting during the show, and I want to run down those right now. We got 33,234 sats from Cotton Gin coming in uh, with no message. And... <gasps> 11,111 sats from Booper of Noses coming in through Fountain. No message. Interesting. 16,000 sats from NetNed saying, Happy Winnie the Pooh Day. May the Pooh be with you. <laughs> Thank you, NetNed. 8,888 sats from Carolyn saying, Boost for those Megan Kelly clips. Harry and Cream was gold. Okay. Thank you, Yeah, Carolyn. I gotta play that one again. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's one for the ages, you know? Now Boston has a big bronze penis statue that's supposed to represent black love. <laughs> <at> its- <laughs> yeah, okay. <And laughs> 5,555 sats from C Brooklyn 112 saying, I like double Ds. Well, so do I, C Brooklyn. Uh, and Who then doesn't? <laughs> 8,888 sats from Carolyn saying, I did enjoy Mousetrap. Well, Carolyn... I also enjoyed Mousetrap, actually, but I never played the game. I only just built the trap. Harito! Well, wrong button. There you go. Wrong wow. button. Wow. I haritoed myself. I was trying to end the show. Oh, man. Mousetrap, Mystery Mansion, Risk. Yeah, they got all yeah. kinds of stuff. Axis well, and Allies! <laughs> well, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. I'll stay fruity, boys. Adios!